0: so very much for your expression of love towards me. The one thing I have learned in life is that don't nobody have to be nice to you. Nobody have to be nice to you. So thank you. I appreciate it. From the bottom of my heart, grab somebody's hand. We're going to pray. I know we don't usually do that, but you'll be all right. You can touch somebody for three minutes or so. For those of you who OCD... Or, you know, germaphobes get delivered. The Bible says if any deadly thing should touch you, it shall not harm you. You shall live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. You got to know whether you believe the word or whether you don't believe the word. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Most gracious heavenly father, Lord, we bless you this day. We give you praise with much thanksgiving. We're so completely grateful for who you are. So thankful. So appreciate your goodness and your mercy. So funny, as I get older, I hear these things that old people used to say, and they make sense to me now, Lord. You've been better to us than we've been to ourselves. And for that, we say thank you. When we weren't thinking about you, you were thinking about us. When we didn't have sense enough to make decisions in our own best interest, you were at work on our behalf. And for that, we say thank you because we understand that even now, things are working together for our good because we love you, God. Father, we thank you for every time you've kept us out of danger, everything that should have destroyed us, everything that should have made us lose our mind, everything that should have caused us to be. We stand here and we say, thank you, God. Thank you for your deliverance. Thank you for the times you preserved us and we don't even know we've been preserved. Thank you for the times that we thought we were being rejected, but it was your divine intervention that was saving our lives, God. For that, we say thank you today. And we thank you that we have the ability to declare that 2017 will be the best year of our lives. So we stand here in full expectation to receive your goodness this and every day. We thank you that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. And every tongue that rises up out of our mouth, we condemn it because we believe the goodness of God over all else. We just bless you and we honor you. We thank you for this church. Thank you for every family that's represented. We speak life and blessings over every family that's represented. We speak wholeness and health over every family that's represented. We bless every marriage. We bless every single. We bless every child. We speak life and protection. We declare that you shall live and not die in the name of Jesus. Every plot and plan of the enemy against your life, it shall not work this year in the name of Jesus. We send the blood out against every assignment against you in the name of Jesus. We declare that it shall not work. I wish somebody would just say it shall not work. It shall not work. It shall not work. Whatever assignment that was sent towards us, it shall not work. I I wish somebody believed that and with everything in them. It shall not work. The assignment against our marriages, it shall not work. The assignment against our mind, it shall not work. The assignment against our health, it shall not work. We shall surely live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. And because we believe we already have the victory, we don't wait till everything works out. We go ahead and praise him now. Hallelujah. 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 Before you sit down, I want you to turn and tell your neighbors. I want you to say neighbor. Neighbor. Now, I want you to say neighbor like you've been in a good Baptist church. I want you to say neighbor. You may not know it, but right now, there are some things working on your behalf. So I want to encourage you. Don't cave in and don't quit. quit. This is your season and your time. I tell you all the time, I know you're real smart. I know you're real intelligent, but what you don't realize is that you can prophesy yourself into your future. The Bible says it like this. It says you can decree a thing and it'll be established unto you. That's why I say at the beginning of the year that I'm going to make it to the end of the year. I'm decreeing at the beginning. I wish I had me about five people who didn't just like church, but they love the word. I wish I had some folks that really believe that you could call those things that be not as though they were. I wish I had some people that had seen a miracle in their life that had ever seen God do anything. I like y'all. But sometimes I wish I didn't go to church with such cute people. I wish I didn't go to church with such educated people. I wish I went to church with some people that had ever been in a ditch and thought they wouldn't go make it, and saw God bring them out. I wish I knew some folks like that. That is why it does not matter what institutions I have matriculated to. Because I have lived long enough to know that there are some things that can't nothing fix but God. And I've lived long enough to see God fix some stuff that man said couldn't be fixed. I don't know about you, but that's why I love him like I do. That's why I don't care about lifting my hands. That's why I don't care about dancing. That's why I don't care about getting on my knees in front of you. Because all I know is this. Is that when my back get up against the wall and it seemed like it ain't no way for me to get out. When it's late in the midnight hour, I don't have to wonder if God's going to turn it around. My life is a testimony that he'll turn it around. I don't know how to make you love God like that. Maybe it ain't never been your testimony that at 20 years old, you was about to go to the club. You had actually gotten in the car with your friend. You heard the Lord say, get out the car. You got out the car and went back in. 30 minutes later, your friends tell you that the wall that you usually stand on has been shot up. Maybe you don't know nothing about that. Maybe you ain't never been in a car driving down the street and it flipped three times and the gas started leaking out and the people think you dead when you walk up, and you walk out with just a bruised knee. Maybe you ain't got no testimonies like that. But here's what I tell you. If you ain't got no testimonies like that, you got a better reason to praise them than I do. So some of us get to testify Because of what we came out of. And some of us get to testify about what we ain't never been into. But everybody got something to testify about. Man. I don't know what to tell you. I start reflecting on what it means to be 45 years old to understand that everybody didn't make it one of the dumbest things in the world to me is that somebody would start lying about their age. Just a blessing to be alive. I can look all around me and know people that I started with that they still not here but y'all keep being cute. I'm going to praise y'all keep being dignified I'm going to praise y'all keep caring what your neighbor think I'm going to praise Y'all do whatever y'all want to do but I'm going to praise for The crazy thing is that some of you haven't even come into the revelation yet that you've lived as well as you've lived because somebody prayed for you. You have yet to understand that them little mission women that was meeting in their little white dresses that them little Sunday school lessons, that them them little women that was going to prayer and teaching meeting when you was too busy to go, when you was there trying to be somebody else, that you, they are the reason that you stand here today, man. We gonna talk today, but I'm just saying, I, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say. That I love God and be able to praise a basketball team or a football team harder than I can praise God. Everybody know I love the razorbacks. But whether they win, lose, or draw, it ain't really gonna change nothing in my life. I wouldn't never have an idol that I could look. I wouldn't never work at a Walmart where I could do the Walmart cheer, but I couldn't lift my hands in the place of God. I wouldn't never love my husband. That I could pour out expressions of love and be silent when I come into the presence of God. Because if the Lord don't help you, that same man you love, you'll want to kill. I wouldn't never love my kids so much that I could get excited about what's happening for them and not be excited about God. I, I just wouldn't love nothing more than I love Him. I just wouldn't. Ever. And it's so important that you understand that because one of the things that we say around here a lot is that being a believer does not exempt you from life's challenges. Turn it tell your neighbor, say, being a believer, being a believer does, not does not exempt you, you, from, you from, life's from life's challenges. That's why you have got to decide who God is before you're in adversity. Because whoever you perceive God to be is how you're going to see him in trouble. This is important because today I'm going to be talking about how you can forgive and live. And some of you are probably going to find out as you sit here, which is going to sound so crazy to say, but it is your reality that you need to forgive God. And the reason that you need to forgive God It's because you are living in situations that you believe God put you in. And that's just bad theology. It's just bad theology. And it's funny because there are a lot of people in our church that are going through some challenges right now. Got some things going on. And it's funny because I was going to teach this before I knew this because it was a part of the family series. Because if you can't forgive, you can't live free. And as the, as the struggles and the things that people were asking us to pray for started to come in, I understood more and more that this message about forgiveness, it literally determines whether you live or if you really live. So you got to establish your theology first. Who do you believe God is? I believe he's good. Fundamentally, through and through, I believe he's good. I believe he's good to his core. I believe that every single time he intervenes in my life, it is to be good to me. Because I believe that he's fundamentally good, when life happens bad to me, I don't think it's from God. The Bible says in John 10 and 10, The thief comes, but to steal, kill, and destroy. So if you ever find yourself in life and something is being stolen, something is being killed, and something is being destroyed, it is not God. Why is this so important? If I believe that God sends my trouble, how can I stand in faith against it? If God made me sick, how can I believe for healing? If God made me sick, and if you think about it, here's how crazy you know the false theology is. If you really believe sickness is from God, don't take no meds. Take the full brunt of it. If he needed to give you the flu or diabetes or high blood pressure or cancer to get your attention, don't take nothing. Just 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 fully take it on in. But you see how crazy that sounds? So you gotta know in your life when something shows up, where did it come from? And the other thing you gotta deal with is that it is possible for you to love Jesus, but make covenant with the devil with your words. Pastor Sean, give me an example, then I'll let you sit down. Give me an example. I get sick every winter. You just made covenant with the devil. It ain't a scripture in this Bible that tell you that you have to get sick ever. So then you say, I get sick every winter. And then hear the crazy thing. When you get sick, you go, I, why am I sick? Because you made, you used your words to make a confession to bring death and destruction in your own life. We're going make this confession about breaking over things that we've said that we really don't want in our life. Sometimes you just need to call crop failure. You know why some people teenagers so crazy? That's what you said about them. You know this these teenage years. You know, don't nobody really listen in teenage years. I know what kind of teenager I need, I used to be. It ain't in the Bible. And then people misquote scripture and they go, "What well, the Bible says, Train up a child in the way that they should go. And when they are old, they will not depart from it. Do y'all know not depart means don't leave? That's what it means. It means if I train you up, you won't leave. Not that you'll leave and come back. You don't have to have a testimony of a prodigal. T- go ahead and just make that confession. Say no more prodigals in my bloodline. You ain't always got to go to the pit. You ain't got to be yes slopping with the hogs and come to yourself you can stay with yourself and that's my expectation for my kids so my expectation is well Pastor John what do you do when you get challenged in your body here's the difference between people who believe God and people who don't when I get challenged in my body I already know it's there illegally so I start using my words I'm like my bad I'm sorry You, you did you did you not know who I was? Well, let me tell you who I am. Hold on. Isaiah 53. The Bible says by his stripes, I am healed. So I just want to let you know that I know you're here illegally. See, the problem is, is that a lot of you got a lot of illegal stuff in your life, but you don't know it's there illegally. So you're making room for it. You're putting up pictures around it. How do I know? People say this. My high blood pressure. My cancer. My ADHD, my anger issue. You just took possession of something that you never should have took possession of. I always get mad. I always work at a job that has this. Your words will either set you up to win or to cause you to live in this life like you don't know God you get to choose. That's why the Bible says choose ye this day. You get to choose. It says you gonna be satisfied by the words of your own mouth. It's the reason I tell women up here, don't be saying no foolery like ain't no good men up here. You don't need 25, you just need one. So you walk yourself on a college campus and you say, Ain't no good men up here. Everybody's so immature. Everybody's so childish. And then all you attract to you is immature, childish people. And it's your prophecy and you don't even realize it. You've got to learn how to say what God says. And the greatest discipline you can ever get in your life is that when you can't say what God is saying, shut your mouth. If you can't agree with God. Just be quiet. When you're about to curse your marriage with divorce, shut your mouth. When you're about to say something about how your kids go be just like they whoever, shut your mouth. But here's what I know. If you get enough word in you, what's in you come out of you? You know that some people don't never cuss. Know why? Ain't no cuss in them. If you cuss, cuss in you. If you hit your toe and you say D or you say Jesus, it's about what's in your heart. If your car get flipped on the road and you curse or you say Jesus, that's about what's on. It's funny. My family laugh at me. They be like, Pastor always asked me these scenarios. What would you do if you're being chased by a bear? Well, the only thing I know to do. Jesus. Do do I have do I have a gun? I'm not trying to am not going to stab no bear. I'm not going to try to outrun no bear. So the only thing I know to do is what's in me. I'm call on Jesus. Some of you cussed in your mind four times, you didn't call on Jesus. Who you, who you call, sit down. Who you calling trouble? Your mama? No, who do you call in trouble? Your mama? Live long enough, it's going to be something your mama can't fix. Live long enough and your mama will be gone and you'll never learn that she was fixing your stuff because she knew Jesus. Like, oh, mama's so smart. Mama knew how to hear from Jesus. So the only question becomes is who do you believe? Really, we just down to this. Who is God to you? Because I believe God is good. Here's really what you have to decide, and then we'll talk about forgiveness. You must make a decision that there is not a circumstance in the world that could ever convince you that God isn't good. I may not understand what's happening, but what I'm going to always go back to is that he's good. This is going to sound morbid to some of you, but I have done it in my mind. Even if I lost my whole family, husband, all five kids, I have settled in my heart that God is good. I have settled in my heart that God God did not do that to me. Somebody says, it's funny, had this conversation three times this week. So person who said this last to me, I'm not talking about you. It's just an illustration. There are people who use Job to talk about their trouble. If you study your Bible, you will find out that Job did not have a revelation of the devil. In the Old Testament, there was no revelation of the devil. So they believe that everything that happened, happened because God did it. That's why in 1 John 3 and 8, it says, For this cause was the Son of God manifested that he would destroy the works of the devil. Jesus had to come on the scene and say, When you're seeing this, this ain't God. So while we use the Old Testament for our learning, we don't use it for our doctrine in that sense. Because they didn't have a revelation that there was a devil and we know there is a devil. So the rules are simple. You look in your life and you see something being stolen. You see something being destroyed. You see something being killed. Who's the author? Say it. Who's the author? God don't put you in relationships to get your heart broke. kill your grandma cause you fornicate a lot of people grandma be dead wouldn't be no grandmas left but you gotta know that or you cannot stand in adversity the bible says there will be trouble in life you are not immune it says but be a good cheer I already overcame your trouble So, the worst thing you can do is build up this filter toward God. So now you don't fully trust God because you're salty with God. Which is why some of you, you like, you need to forgive God. Like, you need to forgive your idea of God. It's not really God you need to forgive, it's your idea of God. Okay, Pastor Sean, God is sovereign. What about God's sovereignty? If you want to know the intent of something, go to the beginning. In Genesis 1. He says, I made you in my image, and I've given earth over to you. So God is sovereign, but in his sovereignty, he gave man dominion in the earth. It is the reason that God himself could not deal with the sin problem unless he used a man. God, in his sovereignty, could not come to earth and go to the cross. He had to get a woman to agree with him so that he could get a man seed in the earth to do God work. So you say things like this. I mean, because if you don't understand this, if your theology isn't right about this, you'll spend your whole life twisted. So then you say things like this. Somebody gets pregnant out of wedlock. You say it must be the will of God. Nope, it's biology. God put a system in place. God put a system in place. The system says that if sperm hits egg at the right time of the month, a baby will be produced. In the grand scheme, is it God's will? The life may be, but the timing may not be. So then what people say is because they go, oh, well, it must be the will of God for me to have this baby, right? Right? And then the, the crazy thing is that then we will expect those people to live under a curse for the rest of their life for what we theologically said was the will of God to begin with. So in any, the Bible says all things work together for your good. So here's how you can explain how you do something wrong or somebody else does something wrong because we're talking about forgiveness and they still get blessed. The same way God help you when you mess up. You have a baby out of wedlock, God don't say well, for the next 18 months, I mean 18 years, you on your own because I ain't tell you to do that. You ask for help, he show up and he help you. Having mercy on you that you don't even know you need. Now what I believe is that when you're a baby, you get a lot more grace for stuff like that. So, like, when you're a baby Christian, you'll have lots of stuff in your life where you didn't necessarily do the thing that you were supposed to do, and God showed up anyway. But then you become responsible for the teaching that you're getting. So, maybe when you're a baby, you might not study for the test like you needed to, and the Lord might download you some answers. That should then make you thankful to study, not to make that your lifestyle of getting through college. Yes. All right. So that's what we're talking about today. Your theology has to be right. Why does your theology have to be right? Because if your theology is not right, you won't understand why forgiveness is so important. So we're talking about forgive and live. Tell your neighbor forgive and live. Forgive Forgive and live. First of all, let's use this scripture, Colossians 3.13. Say, I choose to forgive. So here's the other thing. Just like you've made a decision that God is good, I hope you've made that decision, that God is good no matter what. Like God is good even when people not. God is good even when you not. So the other decision I think you need to make that's going to make your life a lot easier is that you need to make a decision up front that there is nothing that anybody could ever do to you that would cause you not to forgive them. Some of y'all, are like, whoa, hold on. No, no, there's some stuff. No, no, no. You should decide right now that there is nothing that anyone could ever do to you that you would not forgive them for. I'm going to say it one more time. Let it go sink on in. You, 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 you should decide right now. That there is nothing that anyone could ever do to you that you would not forgive them for. Let's look at Colossians 3. Let's see what the Bible says about this. It says, you must make allowances. It got quiet up here, didn't it? It got quiet because the truth of it is is that I know by the Spirit of God that a lot of you got a lot of offense toward people right now. You got some things in your life that's not working right now, and you think that it's not working because of something else, and it's not working because you holding a grudge. And nothing will block your blessings like holding a grudge. In fact, the Bible says it like this. It says, where there is strife, there is every other evil work. Pastor Elwin teaches it like this. If you get strife in your life, you might as well go to bed and leave your front door open. Because that is how unprotected you are. Nobody, even in northwest Arkansas, would go to bed and leave your front door wide open intentionally. But when you have grudges and unforgiveness and offense in your heart, you might as well just open the door. Because you have literally said to the devil... Come invade my life with whatever you want to bring. You have to understand that every battle in your life, you're only going to have two battles in your life. Every battle, root calls back to two things. The devil is after one of two things, your love or your faith. Every attack you will ever have in your life goes back to those two things. What does he want? My faith or my love? He want me to stop loving God. He want me to stop loving people. He want me to stop believing God. He want me to stop believing in people. So he says, you must make allowances for each other's faults and forgive the person who offends you. You must. Who must? Who must? You must. I must make allowances for each other's faults. But you don't know what they did to me. But you must make allowances for each other's faults and forgive the person who offends you. Remember, to who? The who? Then what? So what? What offense allows you to do is exalt yourself above Jesus. So here, Jesus, who was perfect, ain't done nothing to nobody. Go all the way to the cross for your sins. Have to take a punishment that at any time he could really could have been like. No, man, that's they sin. Let them deal with that. He forgives you, but you hold a grudge. Ah, man, don't want to go to church like that. All right, okay. What does it mean to forgive? Here's what it means to forgive. To allow to expire. To allow to expire. To send away, to release, to let Go of a debt. What does it mean to forgive? To allow to expire, to send away, to release, to let go of a debt. One of the ways that you can always know that you are in a state of office with another person is that whenever you are talking about the uh, the situation, you can only talk about the other person. That is your indicator that you are in offense. When everything out of your mouth is that what you did is because of what they did, you are in offense. There's a proverb that says this, he who angers you controls you. So for me, maybe it's just because I got a little control issue. I refuse to hold offense because I won't give you the power to be the boss of me. I am not going to be at home thinking about you, and you ain't thinking about me. I am not going to be five years later, can't find love, because Joe Ball broke my heart, and now I ain't open no more, and I ain't going to never let nobody do me like that no more. And now you over there by yourself at night holding your teddy bear, wishing somebody could love you. I ain't going to live like that. Reasons we forgive. Tell your neighbor, say, let it go, let it go, let it go. Let it go. No, no, say it like I said. Y'all can't follow instructions. Let 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 it go, let it go, let it go. Let it go, let it go, let it go. Let it go, let it go, let it go. Whatever it is, how do I know what I need to forgive? The measure of what I need to forgive becomes very simple. Someone says forgiveness, and someone comes to mind. Whoever comes to mind, that's who you got issue with. It's real simple. I'm not gonna let them do me like that anymore. <laughs> because you know what, Kidron, I've had enough. Nobody's going to treat me like that, says Sean, as she disobeys Jesus and walks away. Because offense makes it all about you. Because here's what you are, this is what I often think as a believer. Even when I be going off about something somebody did, like in my spirit, I be like, but what about that stuff you do to Jesus? Because what you say in your humanity is, but I have asked them over and over and over again, says Sean, and she still doesn't do all the things that the Lord has asked her to do over and over and over again. But that's different. Because it's different when it's you, right? Oh, but Pastor Sean, I'm not God. I know First John 4 and 17, it says, as he is in the world, so are you. Ain't that? Isn't that funny? Like you want to be like God when it lets you call in money and jobs. I am created in the image of the almighty God. This job is mine. It come from the north, from the south, from the east, and the west. Why don't you call you some forgiveness from the north, from the south, from the east, from the west? Reasons we forgive. Here's the yeah, Exhale, exhale. Everybody exhale. Exhale. Just let it on out. Because you got to be able to see your own self. Because what offense does is it lets you focus on other people. Because you know, I would not have done what I did if Strick didn't do what he did. I mean, if he would do better, I would be better. Very few people have the ability to look at themselves. That's a Holy Ghost-given talent to look at yourself and go, what did I contribute to this? Oh. And hear the Lord say to you, the reason that you're disappointing in them is because you keep making them an idol in your life and you keep asking them to be what I'm supposed to be. Oh, but I don't want to hear that, so it's just easier to blame. You're never there for me. You don't know my family. You don't get in touch with my... Uh, my. No, you know, you're a people... Your best friend, your mama, your husband, your wife, they're not God. So we forgive because God commands us to. Matthew 18, 21 through 22. Matthew 18. It's funny the parts of the Bible we don't like. Like people like the part of the Bible that says, you blessed going in, blessed coming out. Head not to tail. Ooh, Chandelier Bo. Yes, God. Yes, God. Oh, but don't let the Lord talk to you about forgiveness. Don't let the Lord talk to you about that old ugly spirit of offense that sit on top of your head. Because you don't know what they did to me. But they didn't put you on the cross for the sins of the world. But well, let's go. Let's see what Jesus says because, you know, we like what Jesus says because he's really the boss. He says, then Peter came to him and he said, Lord, you know it had to be Peter, right, because Peter was the gangster. So Peter didn't come and say, Lord, this is this King James stuff. Peter came in hood Hebrew. He was like, yo, <laughs> look here. What up? Because I've been listening to you talk about all this forgiveness stuff. and what I'm trying to figure out, which is always what people are trying to figure out, What's the minimum time that I have to forgive before I can wipe my hands? How many times do I have to forgive and I can still be a good Christian? Baby, don't you got a street in your phone on notes? You like, angel did not respond. Mark one. Mark one. Mark one. I'm watching you. I'm watching you. Now, Angel don't respond the third time. She didn't even know she messed up on the first time. It's kind of like, some of you kind of like this. If you had a mama like this, my, my grandma wouldn't like this, but some of y'all had mamas like this. They stored up your whoopings. And when they store up your whoopings, you don't know what thing go trigger it. I mean, you really don't know what thing might trigger when you got stored up whoopings, right? You acted a fool in church. She just looked at you, made a mark. She told you to take that trash out, it took you three seconds before you got up. Mark. She called your name and you said, huh, Mark. Then all of a sudden you in the car and you say, um, I need to go back home. I forgot my lunchbox. She just turn around your windmill on your tail. She just windmill it. Sick and tired of you. That's why when black mama whoop, that's how they whoop. I done told your tail not to do it no more. You ain't going to do it no more. You like, you like. Offense makes you look crazy because most of the time, when you finally go off on people, people don't even know. Cause literally, they just life be going on as as normal. You be like, and another thing, they like, wait, what was the first thing? Hey, what happened? What happened? You back? Cause like in nineteen ninety seven. You always know you're offended because you can remember what happened before. Offense always remembers. Because offense sit on your shoulder and do this. Girl, do you remember the last time? You forgave for the last time because you know you was trying to really love the Lord. Do the right thing. But you know what they are trying to do? Kenosha, they trying to take your niceness for weakness. You better wear up on them and let them know. The Holy Ghost like, let it go. It ain't that big a deal. I ain't going to be no punk because I ain't called to be like Jesus. I ain't supposed to be on the cross. Jesus already bent to the cross. But he says... How often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? And, he, and Peter thought he was being generous. He said, up to seven times. I mean, if anybody do anything seven times. I mean, seven times? Surely seven times. Jesus comes back in, He like, man, Peter, look, I'm just going to tell you, not seven times. But what? 70 times 7. Math people, what's 70 times 7? (laughs) 7 times 7, 490, right? If you read it in the other gospel, it says a day. Everybody say, help me, Lord. Lord. Everybody say again. Say, "Help help me, Lord. So what you begin to understand is that the issue of forgiveness is supernatural, not natural. Your ability to forgive, your ability not to hold offense, it is supernatural. That's why you need the power of God to do it. Everybody, some people are more compassionate than others. So some of us, I mean, I'm not really a grudge holder. Like, I'm really the kind of person, once I say what I got to say, I'm kind of done with it. I'm like, yeah, don't do it no more, right? Like, if we salty toward each other, I can immediately, once I done said what I need to say, I can hug you. We can move on. Everybody not like that, right? So then I could feel like I'm superior to the people who hold a grudge, right? 490 every day. If you understood that before you got married, some of you will rethink it. Some of you will rethink it. Like, is this a person I can forgive them 490 times a day for the same thing? what I noticed that Jesus did not say here? He does not say they had to ask for forgiveness because some of you hold your forgiveness like a prized possession and then what you need to determine before you can release it is whether you think someone has paid proper penance have they said they are sorry in a way that is most appropriate for you? It's one of the reasons that we taught people how to fake in church because you couldn't just say tell the Lord you were sorry You had to tell the Lord you was sorry. And telling the Lord you was sorry meant you had come to the altar. It meant you had to lay prostrate. It meant you had to cry. It means you had to make your makeup up. And the truth of it, some people just learned how to do that, and then they just went on out and did what they wanted to do. So let's keep going. So the number one reason that we forgive is why? Oh, y'all, let's say again. number one reason we forgive is why? And who's the boss? So we forgive because God told us to forgive. He's not gonna make you forgive, but He will encourage you to forgive because He understands what you don't understand—that forget unforgiveness is really just a prison for you. Every time you went unforgiveness, have you ever had somebody mad at you? Listen, true story. This girl reached out to me on Facebook. She said, "I just want to let you know I forgive you." I typed back, "LOL." <laughs> I did. I said, LOL, I said, girl, I didn't even know you had nothing to forgive. She was like, I've been mad at you for seven years. I said, ooh, that's a long time to be mad at somebody and they don't even know that you was mad at them. She was like, you didn't even have a, girl, I ain't thought about you. I'm just going to tell you the truth so we know what we're dealing with here. So she carrying, (laughs) she carrying the weight of me being mad, of her being mad at me by herself because when she said hi to me I was like hey girl she's like I just want to let you know the Lord has told me to forgive you I really typed back I went LOL I was like really girl you man that's why I don't stand unforgiveness because you over there salty they ain't thinking about you I ain't thinking about you Uh all right number two number two so we forgive because God says so tell your neighbor we forgive because God said so. God so. All right, number two, we forgive because forgiveness is a sign of spiritual maturity. Some of you are deep and you're prophetical. Prophetical. And you are the great prophet Sister so Lemonade, but you are spiritually immature because you cannot forgive. Forgiveness is a sign of spiritual maturity. Only the mature forgive. How do I know? You can measure it with kids. And some of you do not realize that the temper tantrums that you get so upset about the three-year-olds that you know in your life doing The eight-year-olds that you know in your life that are doing, the 11-year-olds that you know in your life are doing, you look just like them. What about me? All right, let's look at what he says, how we know it's a sign of maturity. Luke 22, 33 through 34. I love this right here. This is how you know Jesus was a G like for real. Jesus is dope like forever, right? Jesus is on the cross. He not even back in heaven yet. So this is like they have betrayed you at work and you are sitting in the meeting where they are laying out the traps. And Jesus says, forgive them. What did he say? Let's read it together. Jesus said, He said, forgive him for the... You say, no, you know what you're doing. No, you know what you're doing. Spiritual maturity says, I forgive you because I assume, I believe that the true essence of who you are created to be wouldn't do that. Oh, and the whole church want to get up and walk out. Amen. Oh no, I love this. Let's go on over here to 1 Corinthians the 13th chapter 4 through 6. Because you know, you just need to let your see some of you, your problem is is that you got a little too much hood ratchet in your religion. You got a lot of, you know, here's my favorite one from the church. We go feed them from a long handle spoon. That came from Big Mama chapter 1 verse 1. That is not Bible. Hear me. I am not saying that you have to put yourself in a position of being abused. Here is what I am saying. Here is where you can tell if you are offended. And some of you have heard sayings like this. You say, I wouldn't spit on them if they was on fire. <laughs> now, some of you used another thing, yeah, but I'm trying to be, hey, we streaming. I'm trying to be, right. If, if someone has injured you, and you see them in trouble and you wouldn't help them, you're offended. Say lie. I don't have anybody. I'm, you may not be able to be my best friend. But if I saw you and you were in crisis and I had the ability to help you, I'm gonna help you. Some of you are like, not me, pray for me, Pastor. Some of you texting me right now, you're like, pray for me, Pastor. Pray for me. Cause I'm not, you know what? You know what that you know what he did to me when we split up. You know that he used my credit card and took that girl on a trip. You know I'm not forgiving that. See, look at that. See, y'all see, see? 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 But what is it? But what is the thing that you get to say, now it's okay for me not to forgive? One of the most powerful things that the Lord ever told me is that when Jesus was, the Holy Spirit told me this, I was praying about forgiveness and trying to understand it because, like, I was just trying to understand how you, like, if somebody did the most heinous thing to you, you know what I'm saying? Like, we get mad at people because, you think somebody copying off you? I said I was gonna do t-shirts. She do t-shirts. I mean, like people really, grown people get mad about stuff like that. Like it ain't seven billion people on the planet to sell a t-shirt to. I said I was gonna be a teacher. Now she wanna be a teacher. I mean, you see what I'm saying? So, you, so you, I was asking the Lord, like, if you think about just the most, the most horrible thing that could be done, right? And the Lord was, to, he took me to the scripture about Judas and how the most horrible thing that could have been done was to betray an innocent man. To, sit, to sell your friend for 30 pieces of silver. And what most people don't realize about the heart of God is that when Jesus woke, was raised from the dead, The first thing he went to do was go get Peter. Why? Because Peter had denied him. So you have to believe if Judas hadn't killed himself, he'd have went and got him too. First. He'd have went and got Judas first. So when we talk about wanting to be like Jesus, it can't just be for the purpose of being able to decree and declare the good stuff in your life and promotion and increase and being able to be the head and not to tail. It has to be the humility of loving people enough that says, even when you wound me. Well, Another way that you know whether you're offended with somebody is whether you're praying for them or not. Babe, let me tell you something. When people first get married, honey, be, women, Ooh, listen, not men, but women. Baby, that I can always tell when somebody first get married, they be like, "Pastor Sean, you want to do under 30 days of prayer for your husband?" No, I don't want to do that. <laughs> you new to this? I'm not. I I'm, I'm, I'm already told y'all I'm not getting up at five o'clock in the morning to pray. I'm just not. Lord, hear prayers at midnight, at noon. I'm not getting up, at the, I'm not called to the 5 a.m. ministry. But you can tell them new wives, baby, them new wives, they be stared up in their belly and they want to labor over their husband and every confession they make. I want the Lord to bless him, increase him real good. Punkin about to get married, she over there, that's how she praying. She's like, bless him, Lord, increase him, Lord. <laughs> Father, I stretch my hand to thee, no other help I know. Ah, bless the Lord, oh, my soul. I declare you go prosper. My man of God is going to prosper. I speak life to my man of God. He going to be blessed when he go in. He going to be blessed when he go out. That's that good new marriage. But let that dude miss two birthdays. Jimmy said one, my bad. Jimmy said one. And now you don't know went from, I want you to bless my man of God, bless him coming in and bless him going, this is my king. This is, I'm glad to submit myself to him. Baby, your prayer on and transitioning, and you like, and Lord, let me tell you something. I'm not going to be Abigail married to no fool, Lord. What I know <laughs> is that if he don't rise up, I'm going to believe God for somebody else because I'm not called to this because this ain't the anointing on my life right now. And he missed two birthdays. You just refer to him as him in the prayer. You like, get him, Lord. Get him, Lord. Get him, Lord. Take the. I. I, Here's my challenge to you. The person who has offended you the most, I challenge you to pray for them for the next thirty days. First. First. Not after, not your end prayer, not your tail end, you know, like when you're a little kid and you like, God bless mama and daddy and my sister and brother and God bless everybody in the whole wide world. No, I want you to start with the person that you're offended with so the Lord can work out something in your heart. Oh, but they abused me. But oh, they lie all the time. But oh, they mistreated me. But the Bible says that the Father is ever making intercession for you even right now. While you was clubbing, while you was hoeing, while you was slinging, while you was doing all of that different stuff. He was ever making it. Inter- yes, we say in here. Yes. That's what it's called. That's what it's called. The Bible say it. We say, we say hoeing. It, 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 oh, let, let me parenthetically insert because I know that you have layers in your whoredom but I'd like to bring it back down to a biblical layer okay I know y'all got layers but I would like to bring whoredom all down to this right here if you have ever laid with anybody that won your spouse you too are or is or was uh, yes amen I mean, I don't even understand I mean, like, how could she sleep with my man? The same way you slept with a man that won yours, too. Sean, ooh, mm-mm. All right, let's go to First Corinthians because we got to do this exercise so we can get out of here. It says, no, 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 I'm serious because that's what happens when you get offended. Like, how could she sleep with my man? The same way you slept with somebody, man, that won your husband. <laughs> But we was in a committed relationship, but you wasn't married. You wasn't married. You ain't had no covenant. You might have had a checking account together, but you ain't had no covenant. All right. Love is, I don't want this translation. Give me another translation. Give me, uh, give me um, the message or the New Living Translation. I'm just trying to help us. Can I help us today? I, I, I'm just trying to help us because, you know, we get so righteous. We get so righteous. We get, we get, we get so, I, I'm sorry, we get so self-righteous. And we're like, I just don't understand how anybody could act that way. You, the way you act that way. Lying, hoeing, same to the Lord. Gossip, stealing, same to the Lord. Sexting, adultery, same to the Lord. Cause some of y'all better hope to the good Lord in heaven that when He cracked the sky, your sex then don't go up on the screen. That's why some of y'all calling crop failure right now. You are like crop failure, crop failure in the name of Jesus. All right. That's why you gotta believe. I'm, I'm serious. Because that's why you. That's why you need to believe that when the Bible says that He separates your sin as far as the east from the west and he don't remember it no more, that's why you need to throw other people's stuff in there too because you don't want it to be no remembering going. Anybody got something that they don't want the Lord to ever remember? Anybody got anything in your life that you... like? Anybody got anything in your life that you would not want us to get a 30-second clip of right here? I mean, if anybody honest? Is it anybody... W- is to anybody who want to admit that even though you really love Jesus, you got some dirty steel down on the inside of you. And you hope and pray that it ain't never no cracking of other sly that be your, be your stuff. And that is the reason that you all throw everybody's stuff on in there. You be like, you know what? My stuff, your stuff. Let's go on out. Okay, so it says love is patient, love is kind, love is not jealous, love is bo- or boastful or proud. Love does not demand its own way. My, this is where I wanted to get to. Love is not irritable. And it keeps. No record. Love is not irritable. Some of y'all need to grow up. You're too easily irritated. Everything irritates you. Can I ask you something? You live in northwest Arkansas. You've been dropping up 49 so long as you've been here. Why is traffic still making you mad? Do you know how immature you are to be mad about traffic in a city that you know where it's going to be traffic? You mad because somebody lied. You ain't never lied. You ain't never lied to save yourself. You ain't never lied to save yourself. You ain't never threw your su- sister, brother, cousin, friend under the bus to save yourself. You better quit playing. Oh, yes, you have. Maybe you didn't lie, but when they said, who did this? Chris, did you do this? You didn't say it really was me. You was like, well, Chris get in less trouble than I do, so I'm going to go ahead and let her take this one for the team. Love is not irritable. You know that you're getting vulnerable to offense when you start being irritated with people. That is your warning sign that if you don't fix your heart, you're going to end up offended. You see it in love all the time. You see it with best friends all the time. In the beginning, you thought it was so cool that your best friend was so spontaneous and never playing. And now you're five years in, she's like, she ain't never playing, she always late. No, for real. My best friend in high school, always late. Always. We went back to our 25th year reunion. I went over to our house. When I walked in, this is what my mama said. She said, your whole life, Tara been late. Don't come in here fussing like you expect Tara to be something different. I said, yes, ma'am. I sat on down. She said, now, here's what you do. You sit here as long as you want to, and when you get tired of waiting on Tara, Go. Because I came in ready for She was like, but 25 years later, we don't have to be doing this. You know she's going to be late. You know your husband ain't romantic. If you want romance for Valentine's Day, you better get to work, girl, because he is not going to do it. You better get to work. You better go and learn how to do that Sierra dance. Angel will help you and you will be in. She will help you for a fee too, not for free. She will help you and you will be able to do it. Not as good as Sierra, but Sierra ain't gonna be there, so it won't matter. But if you want romance, you better create it because he ain't been romantic ever in your whole life. So why you gonna be? You already geared up to be mad for Valentine's Day. You already geared up. Already geared up to be mad. for real I'm trying to help us I'm going to use them as an example I'm going to use Rick and Kenosha as an example here's what I know about Rick and Kenosha they got nervous they got nervous it ain't nothing bad it's nothing bad but you know no no right Jumbotron right Jumbotron but no but I'm going to use them as an example anybody who knows Kenosha knows that Kenosha is a dedicated teacher she ain't leaving that school early on a regular basis She's just not. Rick knew that when he met her. Ain't no point being mad. If he want to see her, he ought to go up there and take a dinner because that's who she is. That's who she's been from the beginning. It is unfair to marry somebody and expect them to be something different. Oh <laughs> By the same token, Kenosha knows. That every new geek update, Rick want to know it. And he know, she know that he going to talk about it. She ought to sit over there and listen and grin and say, uh-huh. What that mean? Uh-huh. For real? Okay. But it is unfair for her to say, you talk about this too much. That's who he was when you met him. So you get in relationships with people and then you mad at them for being who they were when you got in a relationship with them. Yeah. Love is not irritable. Now, let's go on to the next one, all right. John 87, John 87. We almost done, we almost done. We go do our exercise. We will do our exercise because I wouldn't leave you without exercise on this. I'm just saying it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to spend your life being... You know what? Listen, for real, this real talk. If you go to church in any length of time, I can assure you, you're going to have an opportunity to get aggravated with me. You are. Number one, because when I'm passionate about something, I don't care that you ain't. I don't, the other thing that you know about me, I don't care how cool we get, how much we laugh and joke. If you start talking about sin, I'm going to be like, hold on. Everybody else be laughing at your listen. We was in a, a message yesterday with Keijan. Keegan was talking. I was like, hold on, player. Let me back you all the way up. Cause this is what the Lord would have you do. And if, if you want a friend that modifies, don't pick me. Cause you can be like, you know what, girl, I'm so tired of my husband. Blah, 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 blah. I met this dude. Oh. Oh, hold on. I ain't co-signing to none of that. So if you, if you real good friends with me, you'll have opportunity to be activated with me. No, that's real talk. Oh, the Cano's talking about a lot. That's why I don't care about calling you out. John 87. <laughs> it says, so when they continue asking him, how many times can we throw these rocks at her? He raised himself up and said, whichever one of y'all ain't got some stuff in your life, go ahead, throw first. I encourage you to remember when people do stuff to you, you live in a glass house too. You live in a glass house too. You know, I say this all the time. One of the reasons people so hard on pastors, and it's so interesting to me, Because people don't often stop and think that if you're a pastor, you don't walk people through the messiest situations in their life. You know all they dirt. Let them think they know some dirt about you. Let them think they know some dirt about you. I say all the time, people so quick to talk about pastors, but if a pastor ever wrote a book about the pew, if a pastor ever wrote a book about the pew, Did you ever stop to think that maybe the reason that pastors get caught up is because day in and day out, they hearing your junk? So I think that's why it's important. I like to tell you all the time, listen, I'm not perfect. I try to live for the Lord. I really do. I try to live for the Lord. Like the only reason I don't wig out, anybody who ever know me, the reason I don't go snap crazy because I love the Lord. That's it. I done grabbed some so many people by love the Lord. By the love the Lord. For real. I live anybody who knows me know I live my life for this one thing to hear him say, Well done. It restrains everything I want to do, but that don't mean I don't make mistakes. And so my question to you is that in a tribe, in this tribe, in your family, are you expecting people to be able to handle your humanity? while you lack the ability to handle theirs. The leaders are supposed to handle your humanity. And they're still supposed to see that you anointed and that you blessed and that you called by God. And the neighbor next to you, they're supposed to see you going through and still speak destiny and life And peace to you. But when you see them, you can't wait to tell somebody. The question that you got to ask yourself is, are you really as down for people as you say you are? Are you really as down for people as you say you are? Like, I get it. It's easy to be married when everything going good. But how down are you when things are going bad? Anybody can have fun with their kids when everything is going well. How down are you when things are going bad? How down are you for this church? Let's say if we had a scandal, if we had a tragedy, if you found out. I had a boyfriend. I don't. Don't tell nobody that. got a boyfriend. Except strict. But if you found out, does that now Discount? Because I'm just curious, because I'm talking about how people get offended, even with their leadership. I just wondered if you even thought that I had an inappropriate relationship, how you cover me. Because when I think you caught up in a bad relationship, I pray for you. Do you even know how to be in relationships with people and give them the freedom to show their humanity the way you want to show yours? You have permission to have a bad day. Nobody else does. You have a permission to be working through an issue. Nobody else does. You have permission to be growing and becoming, but everybody else should have already arrived. Come on, guys. Now, so he says if you, so before you throw stones, judge yourself. Man, it's, it's like when people come to me and they tell me their stuff, like literally, here's my thing. The truth of it is, if not for the grace of God, don't none of us know what we would do. You don't know what you might do. You like to say, I would never. In the famous words of my grandmama, keep living. And some of the very things that you thought you might not ever do, you'll find yourself doing it. And here's the problem. That when you have judged people like that, then the enemy will use it to isolate you and take you down. Because when you've judged everybody harshly, then when you mess up, the enemy like, I know you didn't do that. Because that's what the enemy do. He be like, girl, you should cuss. Them. Then when you cuss, he be like, praise team leader. I know you ain't cuss nobody. You ain't re- I thought you was really anointed. Thought you really loved the Lord. Offense makes you an accuser of the brotherhood. It makes you an accuser of the brotherhood. Do you believe the best about people? Do you? No, do you? Not me, do you? Do you believe the best about people? And then for some of you, because you don't believe the best about people, and then you're always in situations where people don't believe the best about you, and you don't even understand it's seed time and harvest. You don't believe the best, so you don't attract people who believe the best. Me and my friends, we give each other great grace. Great grace. Because people have issues. And for the most part, everybody doing the best they can. For the most part. And even when people aren't doing the best they can, what I found out is that sometimes people will give up on freedom because they don't think they can have it. So people will stay mean, they'll stay whatever, because they don't know how to get out. All right. Forgiveness frees us. I choose forgiveness because it frees me. I read this quote last night. It says, to forgive is to set a prisoner free and to discover the prisoner is you. To forgive is to set a prisoner free, and to discover the prisoner is you. I'm gonna give you these health benefits, and then we're going to, um, walk up. like the truth of it is, is, so not only is forgiveness is a spiritual issue. And it's funny because I was thinking about the scripture where it says if you don't forgive, God won't forgive you. And I don't actually think it means literally God won't forgive you. I mean, I think it means that the standard that you measure is the standard you believe God is measuring against you. So because you are a grudge holder, when you mess up, you assume God is holding a grudge against you. So it's spiritual. But what we now know, what psychologists are now able to show us is the impact of unforgiveness in your body and in your soul. One of the things I learned in my psychology class that that we're trying to marry together in a better way, that almost every disease, but especially chronic disease, can be traced to something that is wrong in your soul. It is in your soul. So you had an injury. You didn't get healed from that injury in your soul. You suppressed it. It needs a place to manifest. So then it manifests in making you sick. It makes you have allergies. It makes you have chronic headaches. The truth of it is is that most of the people who think they have allergies are just stressed out. How do you know? You can take those people and put them in a non-stress environment and their allergies go away. So what do we know? What does it do physically? Because I want to give you all the incentive. Number one, I want you to do it because God will be pleased with it and I want you to free yourself and I want you to understand how you will free yourself. Grudge holders, people who walk in offense, people who don't forgive easily, have increased cortisol. Cortisol is bad stress. Here is the impact of bad stress. Bad stress interferes with learning and memory. So there are some links. Think about this, that the stress that people are having in their thirties Unforgiveness, grudge holding, not getting counseling, not getting free. It's showing up in their 50s and 60s with dementia. I just want to ask you, is anybody worth you losing your mind? What could anybody do that will be worth you being 60 not knowing your kids' name? That's the kind of perspective you gotta put it. But he broke my heart. Is it worth you not having the rest of your life? So we know it interferes with learning and memory. We also know it's one of the reasons that kids in high-risk situations have trouble learning. It's not that they're dumb, it's that their cortisol is elevated, which interferes with their ability to learn and to remember. Which just makes sense. If you're trying to figure out whether your mom and daddy go fight when you get home, learning your ABCs may not be a priority. If you don't know if you go eat when you get home, learning multiplication may not be a priority for you. Not because you're stupid, but because you got other issues. Right? So it impacts your learning and your memory. The other thing is that it lowers your immune system. So when you are stressed, when you are angry, when you are offended, you are more likely to get sick. Remember in the beginning when I told you that strife opens the door? It doesn't just open the door to arguments. It opens the door to disease. Who are you upset with that is worth you having a chronic illness? Nobody. Nobody. Which is the reason that if you got to go to counseling 200 times, go 200 times. If you got to run, yoga, box, climb a rock, whatever you got to do, not to have that stuff in your heart. Pillow fight. Go to the beach. Whatever you got to do to live long and strong, you should be committed to do it because the prisoner you're setting free is you. Three, increased weight gain. See, that's why I can't afford to be stressed out. I got enough stuff with sugar as it is. I can't add no, I can't add no stress weight on top of that. <laughs> High blood pressure. Increased risk for stroke, heart attack, and congestive heart failure. I'm just asking you, who's worth that? We also know that unforgiveness is connected to rheumatoid arthritis, fibromyalgia, and chronic pain. Who's worth it? What grudge you got? You should set some people free. And in setting them free, you set yourself free. It, it, I'm, this is true. Anybody who's close to me knows, baby, I don't hold no grudge. It ain't nothing nobody could do. I intend to live to be 100, not in a wheelchair, not in a f- facility. I intend to live under my own strength. I'm not about to allow your foolishness to interfere with my ability to do that. I will never give you the power to be Lord over me 30 years from now. I'm just not. Your daddy left? Forgive him. Your mama crazy? Forgive her. Your grandma didn't favor you? Forgive her. Your boss lied on you? Forgive them. Your husband wife didn't do what you thought they was going to do? Forgive them. Your friend betrayed you? Forgive them. I said husband or wife. Husband slash (laughs) They perverse in their thinking that's all wrong with them. They didn't get saved. All right. We know that forgiveness lowers pain. It lowers blood pressure, and it extends your life. You just can't have some confession that you're going to live to be 100 and you're trying to carry the weight of every single person in your life who ever did anything. You still remember the girl in the second grade who didn't let you on the swing. And that's why the Bible says, it says, if you put this word in your heart, it will be health to your bones, marrow to your bones. The word will heal you. All right, so here we go. We're going to do this exercise, but I was going to tell y'all something else. Um, Nobody can make you forgive. Forgiveness is a choice. Oh, that's what I want to say. Forgiveness isn't a feeling. Forgiveness is a choice. So it is possible for me to forgive you and still be working through the emotions of what you did. Here's the perfect example. You shoot me with a gun. I can forgive you instantaneously. We still got a bullet wound to treat. One of the reasons that people can't get free is that they won't admit how injured they are by something. So you're trying to be tough. You're trying to say, I learned this lesson from my barber, and I thought it was a good lesson. He was in there. He was talking. He was having a conflict with somebody, and he said, I got a rule. He said, if I have to think about you once I get home, then I know we have something unresolved. And if we can't fix it, you gonna stop coming here. Because people say, I don't care. Do you know the stuff you don't care about you never say you don't care about because you don't even talk about it? Cause you don't care. I don't care that I'm by myself. Why are you yelling? I mean, the people together, they ain't even happy no way. Offended. Offended. You offended. I don't even care that they didn't invite me. I don't care that I don't have any friends. Yes, you do, because when people don't care that they didn't get invited to stuff, they don't say. It would be much more honest to say, I really wish I had more meaningful friendships, and I don't understand why I don't. And I've built these walls and I've tried to pretend like I'm okay being by myself, but I really don't want to be by myself. But the truth of it is is that I'm afraid that I'm going to get hurt. So then when people try to be in a relationship with me, I push them away and I act out sometimes. So I'm going to tell you up front that I want to build a relationship, but I might do something crazy. You just got to give me some space as I learn how to be normal in a relationship. And people go, that's a lot. But if you don't know yourself that well, Angel, is, Angel and I are perfect. Angel and I are so much alike, right? We both have this very easy ability that if somebody does something to us, we just kind of go. Like, really, literally. And I'm a lot better at it now, but like when I was younger, if I... Decided that I forgot about you? No, I forgot. You would be like, hey, I would be like, what's your name? (laughs) Because I decided that you didn't exist in my world anymore. Angel and I know that about each other. So we have a rule that we always check in if we think anything could have happened because it could be very easy for us to just be like, girl, bye. But here's the other thing. So for example, but everybody not wired like me. So for example, I try to tell my daughter Tay that she shouldn't say she like that and Chris, they shouldn't say they like that cuz they not like that. They not wired that way. They their relationships really mean so much to them. When they love people, they love them with everything they got. Like I kind of love in layers. Like I let my I'm like Shrek. I'm like an ogre baby. I live my like They be loving fully, and they be like, whoa, I love you with everything I have. I'm like, whoa. Like, I just started loving and with everything I got. No, y'all laughing. We been married 22 years, about year 18. 18, I was like, now I'm all in. I'm all in. But you gotta know that how many times did I say that? You gotta know that about yourself. If it's important for you to spend time with your friends, then you gotta make it, okay. You can't be like, I really need to spend time with my friends, and then every time somebody asks you to do something, you busy. And then when they don't include you no more, now you salty. If if we ask you five times, do you wanna go to dinner and you say no, the sixth time we probably not gonna invite you you got to be honest about who you are. If you need more hugs from your spouse, quit trying to act hard. Be like, I need a hug, like right now. If you don't give me a hug, I feel like I'm going to break your computer. No, I'm trying to help us with real-life stuff. I'm trying to help us with real life stuff. When You know what? Here's the reality. When you did X to me, it made me feel like something I used to feel when I was 12. So when I'm striking out, I'm striking out for everything. If you don't learn how to do that, you're never going to be able to do life with anybody. I say people when the first meet me, I'll be like, listen, I can sound like I'm really intense sometimes. I ain't really mad. If I'm ever really mad, you'll know. You'll know. You'll never have to wonder if I'm mad. It, it, listen, I say to people all the time, I say, listen, if you don't like to debate, if you can't stand up on your facts, don't come on this porch. Because on this porch, we serious about this right here. Real talk. Even with my kids. With my kids. With my, with my, with my kids, I'm always like, is this like double dutch? This what you want to do? We know you gotta know that. So then you can't be like, oh, I really wish I could debate like that, but then you know you can't get your words out and your feelings hurt, and then you jump in, you like, oh, Pastor John was so mean to me. Just just watch the debate. Just say that ain't what I do. So we're gonna do this exercise. Here's the first question. Not out loud. Who do you need to forgive? Remember, forgiveness. Oh. <laughs> Hey, can you do this? Because typically when this happens, people start crying. Can you give us some little more upbeat kind of like, don't take them there musically. Give them something like, like, (laughs) trigger man. No, I'm saying, I don't want you to see the forgiveness exercise as something sad. I want you to see it as, an, as, as stepping into your freedom. So we don't have to do the sadder music. We can do something that's more like, you know, I don't know, but uh-uh, no, no. It's okay. We let the musicians, the musicians do that. So who do you need to forgive? Oh, but you know what? no, ma'am, no, ma'am, you're going to be in the corner for the day over. Um, who do you need to forgive? But I forgave them before. Forgive them again. It's a choice. It's not a feeling. One of the ways that you really, really know, my grandmother raised me. I had issues with my parents. I've done the forgiveness exercise over my parents. Probably 10,000 times. I've had periods of time where every day I got up, I had to look in the mirror and say, I choose to forgive you. I'm, I'm not going to be held by you. But you know one of the best lessons? I actually learned this from my spiritual father. The problem with being offended is that offense makes you think that something happened to you because you're you. This is free right here. But what they did is because of who they are. They did it because of who they are. So you go, Mom. I wish my mother had been a better mother. And maybe you say, but she was a better mother for my sibling than she was for me. I can tell you that what happened is that she became somebody different. Because if she had been the same person, she'd have been the same kind of mother. Most people are not doing what they are doing to you because you you. They are doing what they are doing because they are them. And when you get in a relationship with somebody, when you marry somebody, when you get best friends with somebody, when you get in a tribe, you get all of me. You get my vulnerabilities. You get the issues I haven't navigated through yet. You get the stuff that I don't know that I need to bring up, and now your iron against my iron starts to expose it. And you got to understand that in covenant relationships, baby, it's going to always be that way. God going to always put you in relationship with somebody that rub against you to show you how imperfect you are, to show you that that side needs to be sawed down. Move. some of you fighting with your spouses you think it's because you're not meant to be married it's because you are meant to be married you're fighting like that because you're meant to be married and if you ever get on the same page the bible says "One to put a thousand but two ten thousand so who do you need to forgive I say this, we gonna do the forgiveness exercise, then we'll be done. One of the things I love about Kristen, Barlow Valley. Everybody don't know this story. It's my favorite story in the whole ministry, in our whole 17 years of ministry. Everybody doesn't know this because you don't get to see Chris it, you get to see the finished product. Chris's mother had a nervous breakdown when she was pregnant with Chris. They told Chris and when she was about 21 she would probably have a nervous breakdown i met her when she was 19 She's 19 when she started to when she turned 20 you started to see these things that looked like she was losing her mind you will, you you could watch Y'all don't know, if you ain't know it and you don't know that side of, you could watch and you could watch that she was fighting on the inside. She was fighting the whole, we, she just put the word on it, put the word on it. We'd be like, Chris, the Bible doesn't say you have to have a mental breakdown because your mama had a mental breakdown. It doesn't matter what your mama had. You got a new bloodline. You've been set free. You've been redeemed. Like Chris, then she had a lot of guilt and all this stuff would come up and she would dig up. But the one thing that I love about this chick, We never have an altar call that she didn't come to. No, not one. It didn't matter if she was singing, if she was with the kids. She was like, listen, all I know is that it ain't the will of God for me to lose my mind. I ain't going to lose my mind. If we we had service on a Sunday, a Thursday, and a Friday, Chris was there, And when you say, does anybody need prayer, Chris, be like, me, agree with me that I don't lose my mind. 21 and 22 were tough years for her. Probably more than we'll ever know. She was battling every day. But because she kept saying it, she had a core of people. We was like, she ain't going to lose her mind on our watch. No, she not. She not going to lose her mind. We go give her scripture. We go lay hands. We going to get counseling. We going to do everything we need to do, but we not letting Chris go down. You know one of the reasons it was easy not to let Chris go down? She didn't try to pretend like she had it together when she did. She say today a tough day. Good, good. You know what I'm good at? I'm good at having your back when it's a tough day. You can't do life with people when you won't even admit your own brokenness. How can I protect you when I don't know you're weak in that area? So who do you need to forgive? We'll do it a little different than we did before. Take a sheet of paper, whoever you need to forgive, write their name down. On a sheet of paper, you actually need a sheet of paper. So, people take pieces of paper, pass them, tear them up. You need y'all, all right? I just want to tell you, real talk, our time is up, but I want to tell you, real talk. People charge you thousands of dollars in counseling for this, thousands of dollars in years, all right. If you say, nobody comes to mind, I can't think of anybody I need to forgive, then I want you to think about something in your bloodline, something in your family that needs to be broken. You can do that same thing. You know, sometimes you need to admit that you need to forgive people that you actually love.